So think about it. Here she is feeling like she's in her 20s. And what did she say? She's 76 going on 77. She even lied on her driver's license that she weighed 190 when she was weighing yeah. north of 280. Almost, yeah, At double, one point, I, pounds over. I think she mentioned she had uh, tipped the scale towards 300, I believe. But, I mean, what an amazing story, right? Compared to G. Uh, Kulijan that says, uh, I'm watching while eating a homemade uh, cannellini bean and rice flour pasta. Best pasta ever. Love these talks. Yeah, yeah. Here, scroll so we don't miss any. No, I guess we're getting them. Okay, so guys, uh, what do they do? They go on youtube.com forward slash Delgado video, and they can drop in, particularly if you subscribe, that would be cool. But you can drop in notes as we go. This is going to be a lot of fun. But this this one's going to be huge for people to listen. Here's a, a, a gal in her 70s who started following plant-based, oil-free, and, and check this out. And, and notice that she went on keto for a while and listen to what happened. Oh, thank you for inviting me. This is a wonderful opportunity. What an incredible story. We hear Dr. Barnard earlier today talking about how people would gain weight gradually over the years. I'm assuming that was kind of the case for you uh, before you, you reached 72. Were you much of a yo-yo dieter? Oh, very much so. Yeah, I, I started gaining weight probably more in my 30s and 40s, but as I got older, yes, it kept, kept coming on, and then it was just continually on me from, oh, at least the last 30 years, you know, I was very heavy, and I, I actually had gone up to 282 three different times and came back up and down, up and down, but it wasn't until I was 72 and found Dr. McGoogle's book about the massive weight loss of plant-based diet that I switched over because I had no choice at that time. And my husband and I, we loved traveling, and that was a, the death sentence if I couldn't walk. So, Yeah, so you, you needed knee replacement surgery, and obviously you were in a lot of pain. Can you describe for us what that daily struggle was like for you? Yeah, well, it was, it was uh, it intensified when we were in Ireland on a, a wonderful trip over there. And by the time I got to the airport after traveling all over Ireland, my knees were so tired and it just reached a crisis point. So I didn't have a real long period of time of pain, but I certainly had all those other diseases, you know, pre-diabetes, high blood pressure, my knee pain, and I had GERD and diverticulitis and constipation, but I wasn't sick. I didn't think I was sick. That was the funny part. But when my knees hurt to the point that I could hardly walk to the gate at the airport, that's when I knew I had to do something. So let's talk about what got you up to 282. Uh, what was your diet like? I mean, you said that you weren't in, uh, you know, you didn't think that you were sick. So obviously you probably felt like that was normal. Did you then also think that you were eating a normal diet and you just drew the short straw? Um, yeah, I didn't. I just knew that I ate the standard American diet. And for some of those years, my husband and I were traveling salesmen, so we were eating in restaurants all the time. And that's really a difficult place to, you know, and we, and we would go on diets and we'd lose. I could get down from 282, I think one time down to 220 and then back up again. But um, the other thing that didn't help is I went on a high fat diet. And that was fun because I could eat, you know, all those pork rinds and eat cream and butter and all that kind of stuff, which I did like. 
but it also, I think, created pancreatitis twice in my life and gallbladder disease, had my gallbladder out. So, um, but no one at that time saw any correlation between the high fat diet and those diseases too. So, yeah, it was just, but I, I was desperate. I didn't want to have my traveling days be over. I, we still had our life ahead of us. So when I got a hold of that book, that's all it took. I thought, I'm in, I'm in. Let's talk about with with diets. I always think back to there's this one time or this one point, a fork in the road, as it were, where everything kind of goes off of the rails and you you slip up. You think that you can have just one of something that you used to eat and you would be OK. What was it that kind of set you back when you were on these diets? What, what put you back on the, the path toward getting back up to 280 pounds? It's hard to say. I think it's just the accumulation of things. You, you know, you can be on a diet so long, and then finally you're just craving real nutrition. And, and I didn't even know why. But I think at some point your body just revolts, and you have to get some good food in your body. But um, it's no one particular thing. I just know that when I did find the answer, I knew the answer, and there was no turning back. So it's, it's possible for so anybody. Yeah. And before you did stumble upon Dr. McDougall's book, what was your opinion of vegetarians and vegans? Was that anything that was even on your radar in the least? Not at all. You know, I didn't know anything about veganism. I didn't know anything about the animals. I didn't know anything about the planet. I didn't know anything about anything except calorie restriction and portion control and doing all of that. Um, and I knew of vegetarians because... I knew of some people like the Seventh-day Adventists who were primarily vegetarian and they had better health and all of that. But no, I was, I was in the dark, just in the dark about becoming vegan and knowing that this is a way of life to, um, to find the fountain of youth. I mean, it is so wonderful. I can't explain how, how wonderful it is for me. I try to tell people, I said, you know, it feels, I feel the same as if I had been on drugs and became drug free. And with that intensity, I do not want to go back. I do not want that food in my diet in my life. Um, I just feel like I have total freedom to be who and what I want to be for the rest of my life. And I found the answer and I'm sticking with it. That, that's very impressive. You hear Esther talking about how it transformed her health, her life. She'll never go back. Uh, and here she was, she started when she was in her 70s mm -hmm. and dropped, what is she saying, 130 pounds? Yeah, 130 that, pounds. That's fantastic. I think there's some more tips in here, and I think it's important to hear more of this. Let's go a little deeper. What were your expectations when you first went vegan? Obviously, you know, you, as you said, you had been on a number of different diets before and they would work for a little while and then that weight would come back and then some. Were you expecting the same kind of thing here or did you just kind of know that this was going to be different? It was definitely different and it was definitely more radical than anything I had ever thought of before. But in my mind, I when I when a friend gave me his book, so I didn't even have to pay for it. And then I started watching all the documentaries, and then I started watching all the podcasts and got educated. But um, what was so exciting for me is I said to myself, I'm going to put that sucker to the test. And what I meant by that was I've been on every other diet imaginable. And I thought, if I don't give this one 100% or as close as I can get to 100%, 
then there's no way I can test this program to see if it works or doesn't work. So I jumped in with both feet and I was adherent and I thought I'm going to follow it right to the T as nearly as I can. And if it works, then that's going to get the credit. So it's been a happy marriage between me and that program and veganism and just learning uh, the answer to a lifetime of struggle and self-loathing and you know you hate yourself because you you, know, you fail and then you try again and then you fail and then you get tired of like Dr. Bernard said earlier ask your you know spouse for help and not to tempt you and I had that but how many times can you ask for help and not follow through? So think about it. She went from 280 pounds and dropped uh, 130, so 280, so that's 150. She she literally reached her ideal body weight. I, I don't know what the time frame was, but over time, in my experience, it takes a little over a year to drop over 100 pounds. For skin to, skin to adjust and all that as well, right? That's the healthy time frame to do it in. Yeah, and, and, and you're doing it. Here's the exciting thing, without hunger. I hear yeah, keto absolutely. people all the time claiming, oh, when you go on a carb diet, you're hungry. You're hungry because you're eating sugars. You're eating fake carbs, processed carbs. It, it doesn't happen when you're eating complex carbohydrates. No. I've been on complex carbohydrates for 43 years. You never measure measure any calories whatsoever. You measure volumes of food types, right? It's about the principle-based eating. It's yeah, and, then, and and like you said, you get to my favorite. My favorite part by far is that I'm the type of person, you know, I, I maybe have some self control issues or that sort of thing, but I love eating till I'm full. I, I you know, I feel I feel good eating till I'm full. I don't like, you know, I don't like having to stop myself three quarters of the way or whatever they consider healthy and go, okay, you know, I, I won't I won't get to that place of you know being satiated. And uh, with a plant-based diet, the, if you don't eat till you're full every single meal and listen to your body and eat when you're hungry, you won't get to the adequate calories to sustain yourself. Yeah. There's right? an added thing that I discovered because I, I suffered from a lifelong issue of adrenal fatigue and a, a, a inability to produce enough cortisol. And cortisol is not a bad guy. Cortisol is one of the key hormones that pushes the calories into the cells to be used mm -hmm for energy so i found myself when i was 12 years old all these things happened when i was 12 i was drinking i was smoking <laughs> i was overweight it, i was riding my bicycle wherever i could go and get in trouble it was i was out of control but you know what i'm glad i went through that because i got it out of my system i learned the most extreme of what could happen but also i never was satisfied i would eat and eat and eat because i couldn't get the calories into my cells until it wasn't until years later when I started studying with Dr. Terry Hertog and understanding thyroid and adrenal and testosterone and estrogen. And, I, and, and then I was clinically tested, not just by symptoms, but by 24-hour urine tests, by saliva. A number of indicators showed I just could not produce cortisol. And I had burned myself out, <laughs> obviously, from the oh, early absolutely. days of coffee and, and, and drinking and smoking and staying up all night. I mean, I had burned my – and I was a student, too, and an athlete. I was still performing, but I, I got by because I was 12 years old, 13, and I, I had youth on my side, right? Yeah. But, you, you know – saves you sometimes. Yeah, so, so the danger of, of, of trying to eat based on your, your true hunger levels was solved – when I started doing adrenal support, and yeah, it was absolutely. adrenal support that changed my life. It was like, 
such a relief. I could do what the Japanese do, and it's called Hari Hashibu. They eat up to where you're 80% satisfied and stop. Man. but uh, but true but you know going with that you know as you know because you're you know you're the the guy i go to for for a lot of my health advice or for most of it um you know my cortisol levels used to be really messed up and at that point in time i felt like i was a bottomless pit i felt like i could truly eat forever no matter what i was eating and it was like my stomach would get to a point where it was like painful almost it was like okay i guess i'll stop now whereas now that my cortisol levels are fixed it's not that it's much sooner right it's like that that gauge instead of going all the way past the red line and maxing out and being like you're gonna burst um now it's it's almost like the hari hashibu you're talking about it's your body almost does it for you right your like, it goes okay you're done it's, it, it's a different it, sensation it, it is kind of like sprinting you you're all out you you beat the pack and you you just kind of just glide in and that's how you almost have to think about eating you got to be careful because when you know when you're hungry, you might tend to like really eat fast. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about eating fast is is not necessarily the best thing in today's chew, stressful chew, chew. society. What's that? I was I was you know we we we've, I don't remember uh, yeah. I don't remember which who we were listening to, but uh, the per, that person who was talking about how you can get up to a hundred times more absorption from food if you de- on, depending on how thoroughly you chew it and the enzymes that react in your saliva with those nutrients. It's pretty insane. Yeah. I, I'm trying to chew, you know, co- as consciously, as you can. and it gets liquefied, and, and I swallow it down, mm-hmm. you know. But but the nice thing about plant-based foods, when you've been on it for years and years and years, you know you can fill up your stomach, and to not be gross, you're going to release because of the fiber about four bowel movements a day, and very it, easygoing bowel movements. Yes, and basically. You look like your stomach's a little bit full and you're going to, oh my gosh, I'm going to gain weight. And you're psychologically, in the old days, I used to get freaked by that. And and now in these days, I go, I know it's going to be gone. It's and just totally going to be gone. Well, and then the true, the, and also the cleaner you eat in that way. Yeah, you might be, you might have a fuller stomach at times, but your actual fat layer underneath your skin is ever so slowly getting thinner and thinner and thinner to the point where it's paper thin, even if you are a little bulging from your meal at the time. Right. And, and I think it's important for people to get this. And that is that, you know, the old idea of portion control is wrong. Absolutely wrong. Because, and the reason they're portion controlling and fasting is because they're eating too much of calorically dense foods. When we started at the beginning of the show, we said, start with soup, salads, vegetables, very high water content, watermelon type, you know, mm-hmm. fruit next. And then, and then some of the starchier vegetables, potatoes, and then the beans, more protein so rich vegetables, nuts, seeds, avocados. And then if you're going to eat animal protein mm. oh, at yeah. the very, very end. And yeah. dairy is just a no for me. I just won't do it. It's just too inflammatory. It's too risky. Too many hormones that aren't natural to your body and don't even work with your body that yeah. cause reactions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I will do almond milk, coconut milk, rice milk, because those are transition foods. And I, just to be... And some of them do add flavor or creaminess in a way that is nice. That, you know, it's nice. Yeah. To, yeah it, and it's not processed oil. I mean, granted, if I'm wanting to lose weight, I may not different. do so it's much different. of the transitional yeah, foods. I might do very clean but then it's a little for some people who who choose to be on this for a lifetime it could feel a little bit restrictive and boring yeah once you get to your ideal weight then you can eat that from time to time get a little creaminess in your diet and not uh you know not 
be going against your overall target, right? Your also, overall goal. I might add, what is your goal? Is it anti-aging? Is it to reduce inflammation? Is it to improve the joints, lupus? Is there skin conditions? Is there fatigue issues? So as I age, things change, hormones change, and I have to be more attuned to how do I time my meals? What do I eat? And how clean can I eat? Because I do eat out at restaurants a fair amount. And that in itself, every, every good plant-based doctor will admit, they either won't go to, to restaurants or it's very challenging. Or they'll eat ahead when they get so they, they don't overeat the wrong things. I've, I've talked, I was talking to uh, you know, my mom and dad who they weren't going full plant-based. They're kind of in the, on that, that fence where they go there and then they kind of drift back a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing they said for sure is they can't eat out anymore. You know, every time they eat out and eat a little bit of, of animal-based food in that in that direction, they always feel terrible from the oils that are used or whatever. They can't put their finger on it. But, you know, it's, it's it. You know, you watch a show like Kitchen Nightmares, for example, and you, don't, you realize how much trust you're putting in people who are making your food for you. Oh, that sounds <laughs> awful. Kitchen Nightmares? Oh, it's gross. It's gross. Oh, it's old, it's an older show, and I just started kind of following it or watching it, but it's 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 kind of eye-opening. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this is true, but today there was this thing that Jenny was showing me about McDonald's, and, and oh, I, I said it can't be true. One part I thought was probably true. They were including expired meat in, in their supply. Okay. But the other part they were claiming human parts they're finding in the meat they've already got caught with kangaroo you saw that right that was no. that was years ago yeah they got caught with they're mixing kangaroo meat because it's like a rodent you know they grow all over the place in australia they're super easy to uh, you know oh, exterminate no. and pull oh, into the no. meat supply okay the human part <laughs> yeah that's I, disgusting i really hope not dude if they're there were then they're all anyone who goes to mcdonald's is a cannibal yeah <laughs> i mean it's one thing you'd be a carnivore but, dude, I, I wouldn't want to brag about being a cannibal. Yeah. That, it has I mean, neurological issues that go along with it, right? Oh, j yeah. Uh, Jacob, um, the, the the brain. Uh, it, it causes, like, shuddering or something, Well, right? it's, it, it's like a form of Alzheimer's. It's very. Like uh, Parkinson's or something, right? It, yeah, it's interesting. Very, very, very dangerous disease that, that they originally were getting human growth hormone from, from brains, and then they synthesized it because they said, oh, we, we've created. Well, you know, they, some, they they ran into that cannibal tribe off in some some island somewhere too, right? And they were all they all had like palsy issues. Oh, they did. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Oh my God, this is crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, so let's let's go further here with the, with uh, Esther here. Let's let's see. Yeah, a little right. off topic, right. I guess. So here's my question. You know, it takes it can take a while to lose all of the weight, but a lot of times people tend to feel a lot better a lot sooner. How long was it before you started to notice a change where maybe your knees weren't as painful as they used to be? Oh. Well, fortunately, I took my measurements when I started, and it seemed like it was just, a, it wasn't long at all until my knees just, the inflammation was gone, and I don't know now, it's probably five or six inches I've lost off each knee, but right away it was four inches off each knee, and I was shocked. And then even when the scale didn't move too quickly at times, I just noticed my clothes were getting looser and looser, and so at my all-time high, you know, where I size 26 dress, mostly I was like 24, 26, and now I'm down to a six, and I'm still losing. I mean, I'm down to 122 now, so I'm even a total of 160 pounds, you know. It's, wow. But the thing I want to stress is that most people, especially women, we get into a diet because of our appearance, and we forget that without our health, we have nothing. And if, uh, and I was drawn to this way of eating for losing weight 
so my knees wouldn't hurt so I could travel. But what I really want to stress is, you know, the health benefits that come from eating this way. And those aren't visible to people on the outside. And it even, not only did I avoid having my knees replaced, but I avoided having eye surgery. And the last thing my doctor said to me, my eye doctor in December of last year, he said, with your eyesight, you don't even have to wear glasses. So the results are so much more fantastic than just losing weight and looking good. You know, and all those diseases are gone. All my medications are gone. I feel brand new. And that, I mean, think about it. She dropped over 160 pounds. Her, her knee inflammation, she didn't have to have knee joint replacement. Her eyesight improved. I mean, almost every indicator in a, a lady in her 70s. And now, and she, what did she say? She says size dress six. From a 26. 26 to six and, and weighing about 122. And, and then I find if you're really into plant-based and oil-free, sugar-free, then there's that point where you got to kind of slow down that weight loss because you you could keep going and you can reach sarcopenia so that's the area where because i've been on this long enough that i have to watch those kind of things in my clients over time what a great problem though to worry about oh you're losing too much weight yeah your body fat's getting uh, too low like uh, okay so so let this is so isn't this inspiring here let, let's go back with esther how can i say i'm 76 now almost 77 go figure but it's the food it's the food we that we have to correct. So your driver's license says 76, 77. How old do you actually feel? Can you put a number on that? When was the last time you felt this healthy? Oh, I don't know. I had lied on my driver's license for so many years. It said 190, and I never bothered to change it, and they never bothered to ask. But I would say I feel as good as when I'm in my 20s. I mean, it's just, I feel alive, I feel healthy, and I keep wanting to get better and better. So I listen to Dr. Bernard and all his other programs, you know, because there's ways to tweak it. And, and so think about it. Here she is feeling like she's in her 20s. And what did she say? She's 76 going on 77. She even lied on her driver's license that she weighed 190 when she was weighing yeah. north of 280. Almost, yeah, almost At one double, point, almost 100 pounds over. I, I think she mentioned she had uh, tipped the scale towards 300, I believe. But, I mean, what an amazing story, right? And, and what did she do? She didn't just depend on one plant-based doctor. And, and, and by the way, I'm the first to say, you know, study John McDougall, Neil Bernard, Dean Ornish, Joel Furman, Nick Delgado. Go the circle. Now, I go a little further because I'm looking at anti-aging, not just weight loss and prevention of disease. I'm looking at, hey, what happens when you, because I, I reached my goals 40-some well, right? years ago. You know, I've been doing this 43 years. And so, so then that's where some people start criticizing. They say, oh, these plant-based doctors, they look older, you know? Yeah. Well, one guy's 43, Michael Greger, uh, McDougal's in his seventies, uh, Caldwell Esselstein, I believe is 86. Well, I'd like to ask people how good they're going to look when they reach 86. I think yeah. he looks damn good, but could he be better? Yeah, no, it just so happens that the keto crowd happens to be a bunch of guys in their mid 20s early 30s kind of in the in the in the gym crowd right they they all have a uh, that look of youthfulness but it's partially because they're in youthful years and have been doing you know things well in the exercise realm you know uh, yeah exercise covers up for a lot of ills and mistakes and and really wrong choices particularly 
you know, dietary choices because they are burning a lot of calories and they are not reducing cholesterol. But I, I saw a quick shot. I'm getting ready to start studying Stephen Finney because they all point to Stephen Finney, the Stanford guy, you know, MD, PhD. And I'm not belittling the guy. I'm going to go through his science and I'm going to rip through it very, very clearly. I've already got my documents in line and my re, re, replies to his comments, but I'm going to find some of his best talks as I've been going through uh, these different guys, Mark Sisson and these other champions of keto, only because, and now there's these new guys with, with the carnivore champions, right? Yeah, interesting. And, I've heard some bad things about how your bowel movements feel when you start going that and direction. And you know how they smell? Because of lack of fiber and all oh, that stuff. Oh, dude. I mean, it, it's 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 gnarly. But here, here, let's let's go. I mean, Esther's so motivating <laughs> to me here. Oh, hold on. <laughs> And we can keep on making it even better and better, maybe drinking more water, maybe getting more rest and so forth. But um, I'm just alive. I'm just alive, and it's so wonderful. And I just, my heart aches for other people who just don't know this information like I did just four years ago. Four years, I didn't know. So I've gone through the college oh, wow, that's, of there's your time, learning. There's your time I'm ready frame. to put my water board on and say I've graduated. And, I'm just embarking on a new career, and I just want to share the news with anybody who will listen. And even if they don't want to listen, I want to plant the seed because maybe they'll hear something from me and then hear something from someone else, and pretty soon it will all add up and they'll realize, you know, I have a choice. In fact, I loved your program with Josephine. Here she was 96 years old, 96, and she changed her life. And so I thought, why am I going to be on this program? I'm only 76, you know. But every story has its point, and not everybody hears every story. So I just um, want people to know you can be your best any time in your life. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, there's no comparing. Every story is a little bit different. And you are no less amazing than Josephine Stagnaro, uh, who who went vegan at 96. I, I mean, you are equally as inspirational. Um, you were just talking, though, about, you know, how how amazing this is i'm curious what was the doctor's reaction the orthopedists who you were seeing about your knees and now suddenly all of this inflammation is gone and you don't need the knee replacement surgery anymore what did they say well it's kind of interesting because the doctor who was monitoring me and was going to refer me to orthopedics uh after i lost 70 pounds i don't see him anymore because on that very second visit i said um, I'm attempting to go on a plant-based diet. And he said, well, if I told people to eat like that, they would say that's not real food. And I thought, oh, yikes, this is not the place for me. And then he went on to say, besides, he said, there's no um, health food stores in our area. And I said, all you need is the produce department of any store. So I had heard about a plant-based doctor where I go, and he was full and wasn't taking new patients. But um, I thought if I could just get a consult with him, maybe he would realize I won't need to be seeing him very much. I wouldn't add to his workload. And he allowed me to have a consult and accepted me. And so I have a wonderful plant-based doctor now. And he just, he is so thrilled with my progress. And he's my, one of my biggest cheerleaders. He's just wonderful. So I never had to go back to the other doctor, although I'd like to go back. Um, but so, no, I don't, haven't been back. Oh, I think you would be a, a fantastic case study for your original doctor. And your story is so inspiring, and you became so inspired. You actually wrote a book about it. I did. Actually, the book is kind of interesting. I wrote the book 
um, in response to um, a group I have on Facebook. It's called Esther's Nutritional Journey, and anyone can ask to join by answering two questions. I want to know, first of all, what are their goals? Because if you don't know what you want in life, you're not going to get there. So I don't care what the goals are, but you have to identify them. And then I also ask if they've watched all the documentaries and interviews and so forth, just so I know how far along they are on the path. And um, so after a while, I, I think of a word every day, and then I expound on that, and I put that in my Facebook group every day, and people started saying, oh, you should write a book, you should write a book. And I didn't really know exactly what they meant. So I said, well, why would you want to buy my book when I post it free on Facebook every day? And they said, no, it's important. And so what I did is I went through the posts that I did for a full year and collected those. And so I call it... Um, from donuts to potatoes, because this is an important part too. My husband mm -hmm. owned donut shops for how many years before we got married? And I met him in his donut shop. And then we switched over to eating potatoes, but he was like one of the guys that Dr. Bernard talked about at the beginning of the podcast, how he said, oh, I could never eat like you. And I said, okay. So he liked to cook, he did his thing, and I did my thing, and he was very supportive, so I'm so thankful for that. But back to the book, it's just, kind of more of a motivational and inspirational book. It's not a how-to, but I keep referring people to all the resources that have helped me. And um, so that's available. I, I think it's important to get that distinction. There are so many, shall we say, nutrition experts making donuts equivalent to potatoes. They're vilifying potatoes she just explained clearly that potatoes was part of her, her 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 safe zone that by eating potatoes whole unprocessed potatoes i, I put some spices without butter cayenne, without fat without exactly a little bit of salsa on them so there's no oil no 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 sugar i like like a1 steak sauce or barbecue sauce yeah that a has a little sriracha. sugar but at least there's no oil in it and i'm not and i'm not i'm not dousing it either i'm just like dipping the corner in it to get a little bit right, of flavor right right you know because so and you know what neutral. I'm lately into, and, and my, my son's good about it too, my, my kids like it, it's a Breville oven that I learned of from you Chef told me about that. I need to experience oh, that. I need to try it. Is it is so good. I cook up these. You can get them crunchy, like the potatoes? You can get yeah, them. Yeah, you slice them, and, and it, it kind of dehydrates them, but it makes them a little crispy like, like French fried potatoes. Nice. And then I, okay. I, I sprinkle cayenne because I like spicy. Cayenne pepper, uh, garlic powder, and... Uh, Let's see, parsley, and then and then when I bring them out, I choose different sauces to put on them. But my kids act like they're potato chips, hmm. uh, and and they they are so good. They are so okay. good. I could literally have them every night. Okay, and and that would be a good prescription to lose weight before you get to the office one of these days. I'm gonna bring the Breville potato. <laughs> okay, okay, no problem. You know they only take 12 minutes to oh, make. Oh, wow. Okay, that's not bad at all. Slice that's, them. I um, put that's fresh, as the microwave. fresh sliced potatoes. I put them in the Breville 12 to 14 minutes. And then do you like spicy or mild? Yeah, or? yeah. All right, then, then you're on, and, okay. and you're gonna have Sweet. to you're gonna have to testify what. Okay, yeah, what, what, and, and we'll need them right on the next show, let's right? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's. I mean, if 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 no one mentions it in the in the show notes, we may not let you find out how good those Breville <laughs> Breville potatoes made are. But I, I I do other vegetables in the Breville oven too. Okay, They're, they. You know, it's to me cheaper and quicker than a dehydrator. I use dehydrator, but it's it's an all night process. A lot of the cancer clinics use dehydrated vegetables. When you go to the health food store, they're very expensive dehydrated vegetables, mm -hmm. right? But 
Is there get, any? There's there's no added benefit from it being dehydrated versus fresh, right? It's just convenience of like being able to carry it with you in a Ziploc bag kind of thing. Is that the more the issue, more the thing with dehydrated vegetables? Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no added health benefits, is what I'm saying. You, you you end up eating more, so you get a little bit more nutrient okay. density. So because they're salted and kind of light and free you of water. You don't even have to use the salt. Just dehydrating them alone, okay. and, and you're going to by by its very nature end up eating a little bit more because there's less volume to it because of the water being missing. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Cool. So so let's hear uh, any final words from Esther here. I, I know I don't want to belabor this, but there was a part about where she went keto, and I wanted people to hear this. But it's much it's much more advantageous i think to get one of the hardcore books to get the science behind it but if you want to guide along your way and just to hear about my thoughts and how i try to get people to think about their self-image how they think about themselves and what what they can change and how they can become positive in their life and no matter how many failures they ha they've had esther loveridge love you thank you so much for bringing live in any one of the following states let me rattle off all right, so I, I'm just going to mention because I might have missed the clip, but she specifically said that when she went on a keto diet, that there was so much butter and oil and fat that it caused pancreatitis, and mm -hmm. and and she almost was rushed in. I, I I don't know if she mentioned surgery, but she got so sick that you know she had to stop the diet. So I I, I think that you know as we. Uh, look at this video reply she went vegan in her 70s lost 130 pounds she went on to say it was actually a total of what 160 pounds mm -hmm. that 160 th pounds over four years and then keeping it off that's huge and, and writing about it yeah. I, I would love to find her book it's huge by the way this this is that guy Stephen finney who's i guess shown here what did i say at this picture we estimated 2019 70, 70. He, or no oh he's 69 69 because yeah. this is one year ago you know, undesirable pieces of the animal and putting it in a pot and boiling it where there's enough flesh in there that you're getting potassium. So, you know, when people talk about bone broth, well, I like bone broth, but I like bone and meat broth. It's like you a know, little belly there. Broth, Doesn't it look like to you? You can add. Mm -hmm. um, like, I mean, could the excuse could be that he just doesn't lift? Potassium well, we don't know that he doesn't lift. Well, he was bragging he was a bike rider and mountain climber. You said that was like 11 years ago that he was bragging about that, right? So maybe yeah, we don't know what he does now. But using it in cooking or making broths with it, and I'm not going to make fun of him. No, I'm not making fun. I'm saying it doesn't look like super fit. Right, right. So if you put him, this guy, nearly 70, next to the plant-based 70-year-old doctors, the plant-based guys look leaner. How old's Furman? He's a year older than up, me. I, I think he's 67. Okay, so a few years behind him, but he looks ripped. Yeah, yes, Furman is shredded. He's, <laughs> in, he's in shape. He's on the leaner side now than, than I've seen him in the past. But it's it's more of that. It's like the hidden ripped where you don't realize that because because he's skinny that he, you know when he, like if you took his shirt off you go oh wow like that dude's. Right, right, right. striations. Right, check this out. Not here's a here's guy. a family that yeah, dropped. Yeah, we did. It didn't start off like that. Two hundred fifty pounds. I it was crazy talk, um, but we did. We all did it together. Um, do I tell the story, Chuck? Do I tell him how we got here? Well, yeah. Well, let's let's walk us through here because um, I know that leading up to the, you making this decision to really overhaul your diet, you were kind of in a bad way. I think that you mentioned to me that you barely walked up but one flight of stairs every day. Once a day, I would go up my stairs. I could barely move around. I was holding on to my kitchen counters to kind of get around. Um, it was a rough 
life that I was living. I thought that this was the way your 40s would go. You know, I've got uh, high blood pressure, cholesterol problems, tons of problems, overweight. I'd been dieting my whole life. I had tried everything and I was sick. I don't think I would be here today had I not done what I had done because losing weight doesn't always reverse those diseases. And what about your mobility? How difficult was it for you to even just get around the house? I know that you limited your stairs to just one flight a day, but I'm sure that every step was painful. It was very painful. I was facing double knee replacements for, um, well, the weight had taken a toll on me. I was contemplating a walker, Chuck. I thought it was kind of funny at first. I was so young to be looking into it, but it was the reality of um, my mobility and getting around. I actually have a permanent handicap. I had a permanent handicap sticker on my car. That was um, my life before. How how old were you when you got that permanent handicap sticker? Just out of curiosity. 40. You were you were 40. How was that? I mean, 40 to so many people still seems like such a young age. And then to have that sticker, uh, how did you know, talk to me about the emotions that came with that depressing i missed a lot of stuff because of that we didn't go to concerts i didn't go to amusement parks um i missed prom dress shopping with my girls i missed a lot of life because getting out and going uh walking around even to the mall was was just too much for me so you know i i lived that sedentary life sitting on the couch and you know not doing much so how many 40 year olds do you know that are approaching this disabled position i mean look look around when you're out in public i'd say the majority of 40 year olds are looking that way wow a majority i'd say if it's not you know if it's not a vast majority it's at least over 50 percent. and you can see why they fall prey to these keto diets because they're just buying into or selling them the idea keep eating what you already like all the decadent just stuff, eat more the, of it yeah more of it more fat, more, more, cheeseburg- more bacon cheeseburgers, more meat, more, more, more butter, more, oh, more cheese, cheese more is eggs. A, cheese is like a vital part of the keto diet. Sardines. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. You know what? It makes me want to segue before we finish her story, because some people are going, Oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Cholesterol is not bad for you here. Are we, are, are am I okay to go off subject? Yeah, here let's and, go. And let's segue. We can, we can come back to this. All right. So here, let, let, let me find, uh, Okay, we already did. I'll just get rid of Peters there because we don't. We already covered him. All right. I'm, I I told you I wasn't going to do Stephen Finney, and then I did it. Right? <laughs> What's the deal? Okay, here we go. This this is good. And by the way, the reason I'm doing a video reply on how do we know that cholesterol causes heart disease with nutritionfacts.com. Org. I'm giving full credit to Michael Greger, MD. He's got 12 full-time re- researchers, and they go through the journals and the science. And On top I, of hundreds of volunteers as well, right? Yes, yes. So here we go, and uh, I think it's important to, to, to hear the facts here. So let, let, let's get into it right now. It is well accepted that coronary atherosclerosis is a chronic progressive disease that begins early in life and slowly progresses over several decades before symptoms arise. However, the average age in cholesterol-lowering drug trials is 63, and therefore people had already been exposed to a lifetime of circulating LDL cholesterol. So no wonder 
Pharmaceutical therapies typically reduce cardiovascular disease risk by only 20 to 30%. We know LDL, so-called bad cholesterol, plays a central role in the initiation, development, and progression of our number one killer. Over a hundred prospective studies involving more than a million people have demonstrated that those with higher LDL levels are at higher risk. It seems reasonable to assume that if lowering cholesterol later in life can help, then keeping LDL levels low early in life may prevent our arteries from getting clogged in the first place. But let's not just assume. It would be considered unethical to set up a controlled clinical trial in which young adults with elevated serum cholesterol levels were treated or not treated over their lifetime, just like you couldn't ethically set up a study in which half the kids are made to start smoking to see if smoking really does cause lung cancer. That's where observational studies come in. You can follow people who already smoke and compare their disease rates to those that don't. It's like 40 years ago when the president of the American Heart Association tried to argue that we should all stop smoking even though there were no randomized controlled trials. Look, uh, those who smoke have a higher risk of heart attack. The more we smoke, the higher the risk, and after we stop, our risk drops. The same can be said for high cholesterol. If you look at young men aged 18 through 39 and follow them for up to 34 years, cholesterol levels, even when you're young, predicts long-term risk of heart disease and death. Men in their 20s and 30s who have a total cholesterol even just under 200 have a substantially longer estimated life expectancy, around four to nine years longer than those over 240. Evidence from observational studies, however, is vulnerable to so-called confounding factors. Eating a diet plant-based enough to lower cholesterol below average may add years to our lives regardless of what our cholesterol is. Ideally, we'd have a long-term randomized controlled trial, and nature may have actually set one up for us. Each of us, at conception, gets a random assortment of genes from our mother and our father, and some of those genes may affect our cholesterol levels. Uh, just like there's rare genetic mutations that result in unusually high cholesterol, there are rare genetic mutations that lead to unusually low cholesterol. Providing an ideal system to assess the consequences of low LDL cholesterol levels independent of confounding diet and lifestyle factors. Uh, let me show you what I mean. About 1 in 40 African Americans have a mutation that drops their LDL cholesterol from up around 130 down towards more optimal levels. Now, this group didn't eat healthy to get there, it's just in their genes. More than half had high blood pressure, there were lots of smokers and diabetics, yet those with genetically low LDL levels still had a significant reduction in the incidence of coronary heart disease, even in the presence of all these other risk factors. How significant? How much less heart disease? How about 88% of heart disease gone? The astounding finding was that the heart disease risk in these individuals was reduced by more than 80%, whereas the same 20 to 40 de uh, per point decrease in LDL from drugs only reduces risk like 30%. Makes sense though, right? The folks with the mutation had low levels like that their whole life. They didn't just start taking some pill when they were 60 years old. The magnitude of the effect of long-term exposure to lower LDL cholesterol concentrations observed in each of these studies represents threefold greater reduction in the risk of heart disease compared to drug treatment started later in life. For you uh, 
fellow research nerds out there, check out that p-value. You'd have to do like a quintillion studies to get that kind of result by chance. Therefore, a primary prevention strategy that promotes keeping LDL cholesterol levels as low as possible, beginning as early in life as possible, and sustaining those low levels of LDL throughout the whole of one's lifetime, has the potential to dramatically reduce the risk of coronary heart disease. And that's just what a healthy diet can do. Wow. So I think that's as conclusive as it can get. Uh, we know there's genetic tendencies, right? And, and genetic tendencies play a role, but are they the, the primary factor? And what they pointed out was some people have genetics for low LDL bad cholesterol, and they have a c completely lower risk of cardiovascular 80%. disease. Huge, yeah. huge difference, right? Crazy. So good, good for them. Lucky them. And then there's those who have a tendency to have higher cholesterol, and, and they have problems. And they have problems. So how do you override both genetic risk and or lower risk overall? You go plant-based, oil-free. Uh, I find the ones with the genetic factors, they do really good with heart insulin shield. It's mm -hmm. got the bourbon, bergamante, lycopene, and even Kim Williams, the top cardiologist, plant-based doctor, in one of his talks, he was sharing with, there's clinical studies now showing that these particular herbal combinations lower the, the bad cholesterol. They maintain or don't change much the HDL because it's not all about raising HDL cholesterol as we've learned. So it's really about reducing cardiovascular risk factors. So if you have a genetic tendency or like I did most of my life, I for my first 20 years of life, 22 years, 21 years, it was eggs every day, 10, 12 eggs a day to bulk up. I was eating steak, no they're sugar. They're cheap, they're convenient. Yeah, I was doing all the, the things that I thought I could do. But these these guys are still advocating eating eggs. And when I hear it, I go, oh my gosh, they're, they're giving death sentences, not just for the general population, but what about the genetic high risk? Well, Those not, not only not only a death sentence, right? They're They're condemning them to having cataracts they're condemning them to erectile dysfunction yes right they're condemning them to all kinds of health hearing issues loss that, yeah that's that, a leading cause of hearing loss that the, uh, are going to lower their quality of life uh peripheral vascular disease uh neuropathy amputated limbs higher risk of cancer of 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 stroke brain damage i mean could you say anything worse but the egg board doesn't want you to hear this. They would not sponsor me. Where they, where they truly are, it's illegal for them to market their their eggs as healthy, right? It, they right. can't legally market them as healthy because they've been proven to be the opposite of healthy. So right. they, you know, right. they they use all kinds of other colorful language to get around that fact. And, and I get it. A lot of old school bodybuilders, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you see them drinking, you know, egg yolk drinks and things. I was doing that too. I, I'm not making fun of these guys, but look at what Arnold's done. He's gone largely plant-based. Now it would have been interesting to see him in his prime plant-based. Uh, he he, he would have been, been shredded, shredded, and muscular and massive because <laughs> yeah. he was using anabolic steroids yeah. too. He would have been huge so, and shredded. So you look at Nehemiah Delgado, who's a competitive bodybuilder, and he's never eaten animal product 
hmm. whatsoever in his entire oh, life. Wow. Good for he him. was raised uh, on a plant based. So he never, do, never, do, never built the palate for it. You know, none of that. Yeah, awesome. due, due to due to religion. And have you seen pictures of the guy? No, I've, I've heard you mention him several times, but no, I've never seen. Let's him. watch this family, and while we're watching, I'll do a search for Nehemiah. And uh, he and I spoke, and he was going to be on my show. I think he's got a lot on his plate right now, and I don't think it's just plants. His, you know, there's <laughs> his business is booming. He's doing things, appearances, but now you know the shows have been shut down because mm. of that word I won't use. I promise not to use. I don't want to get in trouble and censored all over the place. Here we go. Okay, let's go back to this family. I want to hear the full story. Did I say what I said? Yeah. Hey, so you're good. You're good. I'm good, so right? What was your diet like at the time? <laughs> what? I think on the podcast, okay. you mentioned that you thought that you all were eating a healthy diet and this was still happening to you. Yeah, I thought I knew it all, Chuck. Uh, eating the lean chicken, like Dr. Barnard was talking about. No wonder um, so many urinary tract infections were going on. I was chronically and constantly sick. So lots of lean chicken every day, the ground turkey, um, the low-fat milk, the low-fat cheeses. I was sucked into all that, counting um, points, calories, restricting. I was living... A diet every day every day i woke up thinking well you know i'm eating my fruit i'm gonna have my lean chicken uh it didn't work for me chuck it wasn't working for us uh that picture that you see of us before the weight loss yeah right there that the overweight picture that was us after a 30-day weight watcher challenge that was us uh showing off our weight loss right there and how healthy we looked so that was about as good as it, it got for us right there but all that changed of course when uh I learned a little bit more. Yeah, before we get to the the plant-based diet, let's talk about yo-yo dieting that yeah, so many people, you know, it's impossible to get off of that that cycle of, you know, you lose the weight and you put it back on, you know, even with these big time programs like Weight Watchers and things like that. I'm sure you were no stranger to that. Story of my life uh, <laughs> from the age of 13, I can remember, you know, just going on diets, starting diets from the shredded wheat diet, the cabbage soup diet, every diet you can think of, Chuck. You know, I might have lost a couple pounds, but each year I got bigger. Each year I gained more weight back, um, and it just didn't stay off. Everything um, just kept coming back, and then, and then some. And I creeped up all the way to 278 pounds at one point. So what led you to the idea of going plant-based? That's, that's such a big departure from all these commercial programs. Well, I'm really uh, happy to share this story because I think it resonates with so many people. My daughter was 15 at the time, and she had come home from school saying she wanted to go vegan. And I said, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You're going to die of protein deficiency. Where are you going to get your calcium? You know, Dad and I were pretty upset. We didn't want to be, you know, buying all this milk for this fad diet and this crazy talk. But, you know, I, want, I was really worried about her health. So I started researching on the internet, you know, just how long can we live without meat? I found out, Chuck, not only can we live without it, we can thrive without it. So while we were, uh, my husband and I were in our 11th surgery in nine months, that was, that's, that's a lot of surgeries, procedures. Um, we were laid up on the couch again. And I said, let's watch this documentary, Forks Over Knives, that I had seen while doing the research. Um, it hit us like a ton of bricks. And I felt 
pretty empowered after that. I wanted to make some changes rapidly. Yeah. What about that felt different to you from everything that you had attempted in the past, you know, because I always feel like when you find that right path for you, you find what works, there is a different feeling and it's almost hard to even describe. Yeah, that's a loaded question. There's a lot of feelings that went with us. I mean, we were going against what uh, no doctor had ever told me this. I was in the doctor's office every week, every month. Nobody really said, take a look at your food. They said, lose weight, which... I was a pro at losing weight, Chuck. I could lose weight, you know, five pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, but it would come back. But something um, made, I made the connection when they started talking about heart disease and genetics. And I had a history of this. I mean, I had been having high blood pressure problems since the age of 21. And I was at the time 13 years on blood pressure medication and just failed my last stress test. So I had high blood pressure when I was in high school, you're 15, 16 years old. I was my freshman year in high school with high blood pressure put wow. on blood pressure medications <clears throat> later that year. It's crazy that that's thought of as normal. And, and I mean, I, I was muscular. I was fit. I was running five miles a day after football practice. But your system was redlining. I, I was I was loaded with cholesterol. And people don't understand that exercise doesn't lower cholesterol. No. Cholesterol is a hormone. It's a waxy sterile substance. It gets into the arteries. And I literally was clogging up all my arteries, you know, to my brain, to my heart. Uh, to my male organ. I mean, everything was going, and I, I didn't know it. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm eating steak and macho, eggs, macho. And, and I'm, I'm getting stronger and, and, and you know, more, more powerful. And uh, I mean, and, you know, there's a video of me with, uh, with uh, Dragon Radovich in Las Vegas. I think it was 2000 and uh, was he plant based? Seven. You know what? I've been asked that before. He ate a lot of oatmeal, a lot of plant foods. Okay. He wasn't plant based. He ate other animal foods, but he believed kind of an overall balance. You know, just just eating. You know what he felt nature provided. But I think from the country he was from, East Europe and so forth, they eat more starches, they more carbs, eat more than pota most. Potato potatoes and so forth. And and his son and him ripped to shreds i mean okay and muscular and strong and you know so i never bought into his diet nor did he buy into mine you know gotcha. we, we had brief conversations he said nick you know you must train you must train every day you must train hard you know and and eat healthy and you know we had these conversations and i i like you know he, he had this deep booming voice you know it just i don't you, did you ever I've heard him, him speak a few times but no i've never met him yeah 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 he's he's quite 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 a quite a powerful character uh to never have been beaten you know head to head now i had to beat him when he wasn't on stage he would probably argue he would have beaten me head to head at his peak but you know when are you at your peak i was in my 60s he was in his 60s mm. i well in my mid 50s is when i broke his record gotcha. so the question is could he have beat me he was the all-time world record holder I, I i i would leave it to debate I don't know who would have won. Just leave it up as a, I, we'll I, never know. We'll never know. I just know I exceeded his record. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that was enough. <clears throat> to, yeah. To, to disrespect him and say I could have beaten him at his peak, maybe not at his peak. To he, he, so, he didn't, so, so he didn't shoot for the record till after he was past his prime? 
I think you, there was a video of him on Venice Beach. That's where Tim Nash and I found out he had broken the world curl and press record. It was over 40,000 pounds. Tim Nash later did 43,000, and I did 50,500 pounds okay. a week after Tim Nash did it. I'm not sure how old uh, Dragon Radovich was when he broke his world record. I, I'd have to uh, dig back, but it would be pre-2007 when I broke the record. So if he's in his late 60s now... Uh, you, you got to go back pre-2005, maybe, when he broke the record. So what is that, 15 years minus uh, 68? Uh, that so would have put him at about, about the same age as when you took a shot. When right? I broke the world yeah. record, yeah. Okay. So, you know, there's hope for you all, you all 50, <laughs> 50 going on 60. Yeah, the, uh, what, what, what those numbers mean has changed. I mean, I, you see all these guys that are doing all the right stuff with peptides and diet and uh, – you know they're they're tearing it up in the weight room, Some including impressive yourself, yeah, including yourself. Yeah, and, and I like to think that as I hit my seventies soon, um, I, I'm going to be breaking some some unique records people make fun of me oh look at him do pull-ups yeah okay watch me do pull-ups just keep watching me do pull-ups we'll see guys how many pull-ups we'll see so according to the you know jack lalane principle of add a supplement per year what are you adding <laughs> well you know what i take about 15 different supplements but there's about four to five different unique things going on in each supplement so at that rate it's four times, you know, uh, let's say 20. It's, you know, approaching 80 different, you know, unique, important ingredients that I believe are necessary, you know, to, 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 to good health. So I, I wanted to show you this, this Nehemiah Delgado here. So let's, on what I think now till July 2016. Look at, look, at his, look at his back here. Can I enlarge that? Here, let's, let's see. Oh, I don't know how to. Here, maybe if I just play it, it, it or you X out of that little bar. Which bar? The little yeah. This the one. App, yeah. There you go. Oh, there you go. Okay, here we go. Let's let's take a look. There, look at look at Nehemiah's back. Whew. Right. Nice. Yeah. And here's what it was before and after. That that's that one is, year. Jeez, that's one year and a couple is months. Is it? Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. that that's even crazy. Crazy. Why is it saying natty or not? Well, I don't know what that's uh, natural to. or not. Ah. Steroid free. Okay, let's hear what I mean, they're saying. I mean, look at that back. Look at that back. That is not natural. Okay, this is a bit over a year, but you don't get, in a bit over a year, you don't get this transformation. I like how he's got the hashtag there, cue the haters, but come on, bruv. Calling somebody out on their bullshit is not hating. Okay, let me tell you one thing, guys. If you're a natural guy, genetic. Okay. He, I, he doesn't understand what plant-based does for you. It's just, you know. Okay, look at, look at this picture. This is speaking, great. Not calling the guy a liar. Yeah, you know? and, and by the way, you know what? We don't know. We truly don't. Whether Nehemiah's the, the picture on using. the right was from that exact day of the show. They look fantastic. They're I've looked natural. personally you are not, not too far this off body. of that. This is well, not an well, achievable oh, shape. I've seen you. Yeah, you're, you're, you're shredded big and massive and muscular, as big as this guy or bigger. Yeah, I mean, you, and and just just as uh, low body fat percentages for sure, just by being yeah, just just because of being plant based, never on anything. Yeah, uh, and you know what? I maybe how shall I say this? I, I could I could I could make the excuse that I'm um, I'm a foodie and I go out to restaurants so much that for me to get ripped abs 
is an effort. Co- you have to cook at home. There's no way to do it eating out. It's, it's difficult. You have to. It's, it's it, you, difficult. You have to be making stews that you know, stews and soups, and eating big salads and blended drinks, and, and you have to be doing everything proper. And, and I did it for seven months. I, I taught that class how to get ripped abs and uh, firm thighs for the ladies. And but you have ripped to lift abs, pretty much every day, like two days a week, you go a little lighter or or stretch instead of lifting yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, that sort and, of thing. And, but consistent. And, and knowing lifting. what I know about balancing hormones and bioidentical and herbs and supplements. Seven I couldn't months, imagine if I was doing all that. I dropped 15 pounds of fat, gained five pounds of muscle. And by the way, people kind of smirk and go, five pounds of muscle gain? Well, on an already decent muscular body. Now, Pure not, muscle mass, not water weight with it? That's a huge deal. Yeah. And and and, and here's something Mike Menser stated once, and, and, and hardly anyone ever talks about this. A guy weighing 155 pounds has about 25 pounds of skeletal muscle on, on their body. 25 pounds. If you trained hard, muscular, hard training, did your diet right, whether you used hormones or not, doesn't matter. You could gain five pounds of muscle in one year like I did in seven months. Five pounds in one year. That's a 20% increase. In five years, five times five is 25 pounds added to a 25-pound a, a body mass. You would, you would go from 155 to 180 which I weigh about 175, 180, and you would look like Mr. Universe. In, in my peak, genetically, I reached a point where I had manifested my genetic potential. I'm not big like Arnold. I have a slender f- physique, Spanish more. You know, Delgado's the last name means slender in Spanish. But, but the point is, you can get ripped abs, and you can oh, get no it doubt. on a plant-based, oil-free, sugar-free diet easier. I'll, I'll go so far as to say that on an animal base where you have to restrict food intake, you have to c- calorie control, you have to fast, you have to use diuretics. Yeah, I would say without f- without fasting and uh, and you know biochemical like manipulating yourself biochemically naturally. Okay, does this this you, look like you can't do it off a plant based diet? No. But but the guy the guy clearly looks great. I, I mean, look at these guys, right? This guy's ragging on him, taking a lot of shots, but where's Nehemiah? He, he's that chest. He's right here. Love that picture of them by the pool. I just love that picture. Just right there. Look how, how big he was and full. Look at that chest. It's impressive. Hater. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. But is he going to say these animal eaters are not consuming and using anabolic steroids? Any of them? Does any of them look like they're not using anabolic steroids? Any of them? I don't know. Maybe well, I mean, you look him. look at the look at some of the CrossFit champions that get tested regularly before competition and Tell that me. kind of thing, and some of them are absolutely shredded and shredded, but not massive. No, well, and some of them are actually massive, and but they're massive, and they also have cardio. So that they, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions you, about all of it. You know, you know, now now you bring up the key component that no one, well, professional bodybuilders understand that there's genetics. Rose Cordova, who's a female bodybuilder, who's plant based, who has never used steroids. You look at her father and her mother, and you look at um, the the physique of her small waist, her 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 back, her her arms, her chest, her legs. I mean, she is a genetic phenomena. She's Cuban, mm. and and uh, there was a Cuban bodybuilder that far exceeded 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he couldn't get ripped. He could have on a, I believe on oil-free plant-based sugar-free diet, but they all believed in those days eating a lot of animal protein. But that would have been the difference between, you know, him winning. But you know who was good um, is Lee Haney. He won, I believe it was eight consecutive Mr. Olympiads. Maybe it was six, seven, or eight, but somewhere around there. But he consumed 500 grams of carbohydrates a day. Damn. In keto days, they say, what, 50 grams is too much? No, they say Anything some, above 50? Some, some, some say like 10 net grams of carbs a day. Yeah. So... Sergio Oliva, have you ever seen a picture of Sergio? I don't think so. Uh, have you Have you seen Rose Rose uh, Cordova? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a she's, she's a specimen. Amazing, right? And I say that because, okay. So so in summary, you have to have the genetics. You have to train hard and know mm-hmm. how to recover. You have to know how to balance your hormones to optimize, clear out estrogen, maintain testosterone growth hormone and peptides. And those three together makes a superstar in any sport. But some yeah. sports restrict. Well, some sports have uh, – they favor certain genetics. You know, like you, like a person who looks like a – you know, who already has that kind of Samoan build, that, you know, that already that really big, <laughs> thick thick body to, to begin with. You're not going to tell that person that they should start, uh, you know, becoming competitive at long-distance running. <laughs> right, you're just. I mean, you could try. You could try really, really hard, and I'm sure you can get into like the top 100. I'm sure, or top. You know, yeah. I'm yeah. sure you can get to a place like where even with your genetics being built a certain way, you could still get to a place of excellence. Absolutely. Yeah, but, but you're carrying so much muscle mass. Now there'll be a great linebacker or a fullback for USC. How many yeah. Samoan fullbacks have there been at USC? Right. Yeah. Or uh, just football players in general. They're kind of built for that. Oh like, my gosh, yeah. those guys are solid rock. Or rugby, or you know, yeah. it's just you almost yeah. feel. It, you almost feel sad for everyone who's not Samoan when those Samoan people start running through people. You're like, oh, poor guy. <laughs> like, you know, what? But like, like, it, you're everyone's kind of genetically built to thrive at, spe- at you know at certain things. So, it, you know, I, I taking advantage I, of. That I did a key. talk show and I, I followed Rich Bueller who who is on uh, KBRT Christian Radio, and I never forgot the first time I met him. Never trained a day in his life with weights. And he walks in this massive man, and he wore shorts because he couldn't find uh, pants that would cover his calves. His calves were the biggest calves I've ever seen in my life. Muscular, big, huge. He was fat, too. He was big. He was a big man, So, but he was muscular, too. He was like a mountain of a man. I was like, oh, holy yeah. mackerel. That is one big... What, what's the Iceman guy? The one who just did the, the deadlift oh, record? I don't remember his name, but I know Thor, you're about. Thor. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't Thor. he? Yeah, I think that's his name. Thor. Unbelievable. Bjorn, yeah, something. I, I'm getting a little off topic. No, it's okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. Let's. You want to hear the rest of this family that lost 250 pounds? Sure. Yeah, I think yeah, it's definitely. important. We'll, we'll, we'll wind up with this. I think we covered all our topics. So when they started talking about we didn't have to have this, I thought, you know what? Let me give this a try. The ethical stuff came in later, of course, but I started this all about the diet and I truly was still in a quick fix mentality. Um, But the weight started up. I just want to tell everybody, after washing forks over knives, I could no longer bring animal into the house. You know, I started thinking the same way that I was teaching my kids to buckle up their seatbelt, wear a helmet, you know, stranger danger talks. I wanted my kids to be safe. I wanted them to be healthy. And I, I made the 
I made the connection that the food was the ultimate way to keep my kids safe and keep them healthy. So as the person who did the grocery shopping, I was in control of that. So I stopped bringing animal in 100%. We kind of went cold tofurkey, Chuck, okay? (laughs) But were they all on board or was there a little bit of that apprehension? I'm sure that at least the one daughter who wanted to go vegan was was on board for this. But what what was the reaction from the rest of the family? One thing's absolutely true. Well, yeah, she uh... was thrilled that I finally stopped, you know, giving her a hard time. But my son, he was very obese. His whole life, he struggled with uh, that going through school. My husband, he was very overweight as well. Uh, My other, we were all just like, let's try it. We made the connection with health. You know, here we were dieting every day. Every day we thought we were being healthy. So I just wanted to be open-minded, really listen to what they were saying. And we, we, um, yeah, we just started looking at it like, Let's see how this works. And it worked fantastic. Um, Everybody started learning how to cook a little bit. It wasn't like it is today with all the fake meats and, you know, all the uh, menu options out there today. It's much easier. But we started off a little rough, but the family embraced one another. We could not believe how quick the weight was coming off for us. It was miraculous. I mean, I had my son in Weight Watchers with me. My husband was there with me. My we always were kind of doing it together. We were getting sick together too, Chuck. We were getting bigger and bigger. We were getting sicker and sicker. So when I said, hey, you guys, let's do this. Let's see how it works. Yeah, they all joined me and they were not disappointed, Chuck. No, I, I can't. Well, that that's really impressive. So you, you think about it. They were all on Weight Watchers, portion control. They're eating small portions, watching each other, monitoring, going to classes, doing Being weigh-ins. supportive, which is good. Yeah, but they were doing it all Bad sincerely technique. wrong. Bad technique. It's, it doesn't it's, matter. If it's, it doesn't matter how much you care, how hard you try. If you're if you're using bad science and you know yeah, like, like we said yeah. bad technique you're not going to get where you want to yeah. go again i wrote this book weight loss and energy now i don't know if there's any used copies on amazon uh i'm excited because the newer book uh simply healthy cookbook has has been available oil free sugar free plant-based fantastic recipes and we do have some copies in the office some people are asking for autograph autographed copies of how to look great and feel sexy there's a whole section about proper food preparation what how much protein do you need you know giving you all the ins and outs this is a much more in-depth uh this this book is how many pages almost 400 pages with index this is probably the more comprehensive and you can get a used copy on amazon or just send to our office and We'll, we'll, we can definitely send we'll you a copy. Send you an autograph copy out there if you, if you'd like. Uh, we have a handful of copies left in the office. You know, I'm most proud of of the new book, uh, Blood Doesn't Lie. Uh, man, 43 years in the preparation to help deal with. I'm not going to use the word, but uh, to deal with this situation that we're all in isolation. And I want people to know there is a solution. And I've been studying blood as I trained you, Kyle. Uh, how many years have you been doing blood morphology now? Yeah, over five, at yeah. least. And, and to see the white blood cells, the red cells, the immune system, to know what people eat, whether it be keto or plant-based or oil with or without. Live on the screen. And yeah, see the huge. differences in these people. Giant differences, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes people, I don't know about you, but I almost have to see it to believe it. It, it's almost 
Like and when, everyone who sees it says it. You know, they're like, man, there's a difference between seeing the numbers on a test sheet, you know, mm-hmm. next to next to what they're supposed to mean versus seeing live and live and dry blood and then seeing examples of what it's supposed to look like and what the problems look like. Yeah. It, it's convincing. I, and I got to tell you, I mean, I, I check my blood almost every week. Uh, it, the blood's been sitting there for a while. You know, it's exposed to air right now. But, but the point <laughs> is... It, it keeps me on track, too. I mean, if I think I get a little arrogant, I try some things, and I go, oh, I can get away with this, that's why, <laughs> that's why I titled it Blood Doesn't Lie. You might lie to yourself, but, but to see what's going on with your blood and your blood chemistries, I have a number of people now who are entering the coaching eligibility program. I'm so excited about took that. took the words out of my mouth. And, and these individuals, uh, well, like, Danny, can you bring up the screen because it's not showing? Well, you know, the, like, uh, for example, with this family right here, with like a huge part of their success, and even when they're going in the wrong direction, a huge part of them sticking to it was being a part of a community. Yes. Right? A community that thinks alike and that wants the same goal. And, you know, one way to do that is to connect our coaching program. You know, go to nickdelgado.com, do the coaching application. Um, you yeah. know, with, with that, you can you connect people who really care about you and who are, are of a like mind. I am accepting a few people that I'm coaching directly, a bulk of the people you're coaching directly. Yes. You have a wealth of experience and guidance and information, and we've assembled this incredible, the ultimate uh, health challenge. And this, this changes this is, lives. This is a program be that's been developed over literally a 43 year period to come together. And it's personalized for each person. So I'm not going to say it's cookie cutter. Everyone gets the same thing. No. Based off your needs and your budget. Yeah. And, and that's big because some people say, well, I can't afford to enter into a program. I, you, you check in with Joel Furman. It's $10,000 a month for three months. That's $30,000. You check in to Neil Bernard. I'm sure it's affordable. It's telemedicine. You check in with John McDougal. He had a three-day or a 10-day course and live-in type program. Each of these guys have developed a program, but no one has developed a program that is tailored to each individual, and the budget is malleable and adjustable that covers such a scope of 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 information you know it's huge yeah, and, and for me it, it's more about guiding people on the journey and assembling the tribe and we're going to be doing more facebook zooms putting together we have another question here we wanted to read here what what uh what, what's it say can you see it there um how much fat grams intake for weightlifting plus high volume calisthenics at age 49 wow uh, I, I guess my counter question would be, you know, how much does the guy weigh? You know, how much training is he exerting? I mean, some guys are training 60 minutes, uh, an hour and a half, uh, two hours. I mean, think about it. Even if you said you burn 4,000 calories, what does that mean? I look in the mirror. I do yeah, the mirror I, test, I was going to say, right? I, w- I wouldn't even go based off of a grams of fat type of type of approach. I would say whole food, whole, whole plant foods and then – up your calorie density, so more fat-containing foods like nuts and seeds, nut butters, things along those lines, right. you know, yams, right, right. right? Switching more to those foods if you're having issues with reaching the caloric density required for your output. Okay, and here's the other thing. Uh, for athletes, it's very much intuitive eating. Absolutely. You, uh, you have to be so attuned 
hour to hour, even minute to minute. Keeping food with you, carrying it with you all the time, like you, right? <laughs> We've been snacking on whole on olives and all kinds of stuff while you know. One watching, of my clients, she mentioned Leah. She goes, she goes, you talk about that a lot. She goes, she went back through a lot of my videos, and she goes, you know, you're you're talking about you know intuitive eating and and carrying. Look at, I even have my original USC. I, I don't I don't know if you yeah you can you can maybe see it right here. I mean, I'm I, I am. You know, I'm very, very, very serious about this, right? This is, this is one of the lifestyle traits that I attribute to sticking with a plant-based diet for 43 years. It's a requirement. It's a requirement. I, I carry I a big imagine. lunch bag with me in every day that's got nothing but plant foods, you know. By the and, way, uh, I, I, I can't stand the me. idea of wasting food, too, because I've traveled around the world, and I'm sorry to say I've seen starvation firsthand. And when I was first on a weight loss program to make weight when I was, again, everything happened when I was 12 years old. I had to make weight. <laughs> I don't know what it was about 12. I was really out of control. Got a lot of life experience that year. Oh, man. <laughs> but I had to make weight, and I had drop. I had to drop from 145 to 115, and I don't know what the oh, timetable was, but I, I was running and got to the point where I ate only one egg a night, uh, a little bowl of cottage cheese, and then I went to zero food. I, I made the weight, and I, I was crying myself to sleep at night. I was in so much pain from starvation. And hmm. I, I refuse to put people on a weight loss program that causes pain and starvation. It's uh, yeah. not even necessary. After exp I, I've pretty much right? te tested every diet there is out there. I was on a, a, a full-blown keto diet, as, you know, doing, doing it right as, as far as the science was concerned, you know, quote-unquote, um, before I met you. And, you know, yeah, like, like you're saying, it – from the experiences I've had, there's nothing that compares to the ease of going, okay, I know what foods are right to eat. Eat as many of them as you want to. Yeah, we went to a vegan Mexican restaurant called Munchies in Santa Ana. I'm calling them out. Really interesting place. It's it, it, it's in like Main Street, Santa Ana, uh, okay. California, you know. Right. Kind of novel, so it's got a, like got kind of like cool like uh, like, like it's, social it's, media food kind of thing. It's or? cool. It's cool okay. down down downtown like Main Street. This is Teresa Taco, and okay. it's plant based. Nice. And and get this, I've been growing. You know, I, I got to tell, you, I've never been a farmer in my life, but I realized that when you, I had help planting all the different seeds. This came right from my garden. The right? taste difference is phenomenal. Oh, it's amazing. I like got tomatoes and peppers or, yeah. and corn and onions growing. You can't but you know it. what? I was told and I, I always said I don't have a green thumb. I didn't know I didn't know what it meant to grow grow crops and stuff. It's and, fulfilling, isn't it? Well, you know what I learned? This is one little tip. Besides making the soil that it's really mm -hmm. cool, you got to water every night because we're in a hot climate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, when definitely. I forgot to water, all my plants died. And then oh, yeah. It's I even got more unforgiving at my house in, in Corona. It's, it's bad. It's <laughs> for, bad. For about, Twice a day. I, I'm going to say for about six weeks, I, I, I'm like obsessive now. I make sure I turn on the water at night Good. and in the morning. Good. And everything grew like, like they say, grow like a weed, like mm -hmm. plants. My, all my green grass in the front, which was dry, is green. But I get these notices from the association saying, dude, at some point you got to mow your lawn. You can't just grow it. I'm so out of control. I'm nice. having so much fun growing. And I, I almost want to get on the ground and eat the grass, but I know you can't. I don't no, want to eat the not grass. That, not that. And I'm not, not going to smoke this, the grass either. So, 
but but I, I I am gonna say this: you can grow marijuana and juice it and not get high. I've heard it's really really oh, good dude, for you. The leaves, ama- right? Yeah, it is amazing. We've helped some patients with autism and some very like cancer and things, and we've taught them, you know, got them the right plants and the right growing system, and. And, and they don't burn it because TH... It's the THCA is what I heard, which is the tetrahydrocannabinol acid, which is non-psychoactive, correct? Yes. Before so it's been dried I, I or I drank enough of it to know. You get euphoric, you feel good, but not it's high. Like a, and it's like a lack of inflammation feel and good, right? don't forget, I came from the 70s, the 60s and 70s. So when I was 12 years old, I'm sorry to say, I did everything. So I... I, I can tell you, I kind of like, mom, don't, I hope you don't watch this, but I know what it's like to be high. And it, it wasn't that. It, it wasn't that. It was this euphoric, energetic, like I, you hear of sativa, but beyond that. Sativa, you're still laid back. To me, I, I'm just too wasted. I can't, I can't, do, people go to work wasted. I, mm. not a chance. I couldn't even think of it. But, you know, I've got my olives with me, not olive oil. Uh, oh, and guess what? They have like a Thousand Island type, um, you know, and I always avoid Thousand Island because it's it's dairy based. Mm-hmm. But if you if you want to um, stick a, a, here, I don't mind this. You, you could here. I, I have some Breville um, French fries here. Okay, perfect. Here, here, so here, here. I was I was bragging about it, and I realized I had some down here. Nice. Uh, Grab one and then stick it in here and okay. tell me it's not, it needs to be heated up. But yeah, go yeah, ahead of course. And, you know, fries are never the same when they cool down, so I understand them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it some. Uh, but it's more the sauce we're tasting, right? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> okay, good. I'm like watching. Hey, yeah, no, that's good. That's real creamy too. Whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, and then also they have uh, here. Here we go. Oh, grab the red one. I don't. know. The red's probably something spicy hot. Uh, you know, because it's from a Mexican restaurant. I think I've had that one. That one's really good. No, that's that's from okay. the that's from the that that plant based taco place you go to, correct? Y- yeah, yeah. That vegan taco place. Yeah, that place is uh, has some good sauces. Yeah, yeah. So, well, no, actually, this all came from Munchies. Oh, all of oh, even the red one. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The red one here, and I got a little avocado. Now I don't, I don't good. do okay. avocado <laughs> oil, but you know, I've got my avocado. A guy next door here here in the the complex. Gave me a whole sack of avocados. Nice. But, yeah, that that's pretty hot. So, yeah, you, you get the point. Mm-hmm. And last, remember, besides the veggies and all that, and by the way, the sauces are clearly higher in fat. I'm oh, not going to go yeah, out of they're, my way. They're decadent. They're, yeah. You still look at them as a, like a high-risk food, but at least you don't get the inflammatory factors yeah. of the of the dairy. Yeah, so you check out. I've got I've got my figs. I've got blueberries. I've got strawberries. You know, it, it's it's it's... It's happening. It's Remember, all happening. To get the most nutrients out of them, they might be soft, but don't swallow them down unchewed. Chew on them as much as possible. Turn Good them into point. a mush. You know, make them as uh, – let them sit around in that saliva as much as possible while getting mashed on. Very good point. Good point. So, you know – And crush I, all those little seeds as well, right? Because you get more nutrients out of them if you crush them compared to letting them pass through yeah, un- and, untouched. And let, let's think about this, Kyle. This family, you got to applaud. The whole family, the, the kid was obese, you know. Uh, how many families, you know, and, and, and I'll be quick to say, you know, sometimes when you have um, split families. You get the opposite of this most of the time. They usually are holding the person back compared to helping them excel, right? In what way? What do you mean? The pe- like if, if when you don't have the entire family make a decision like this, you know, a lot of times you'll have one person go pl- try to go plant based, or they'll start in that direction, and then you'll get the rest of the family doing the, you know, how can you get your protein? No, you know, are you sure you don't want some meat? Are you sure you don't want the buttery bread? You know, yeah. Come on, we need to keep you. 
Keep but, you healthy. But you notice, know? too, one of the things they all had in common, they watched the documentaries, sometimes mm-hmm. together or separate. They had to get these burning questions answered because there's all these myths and mistakes about protein and fat and carbohydrate and eating and dieting. That's Absolutely. why I dedicated this show because I just got so tired of hearing all this misinformation. These people just so desperate. They jump into keto and paleo and all these you know things that – Sure, you eliminate a whole food category. People are going to lose weight. I'm not denying that those diets don't cause weight loss, but the keto people Especially say with calorie restriction. You like, have to restrict calories. You cannot eat them like plant based and eat them almost ad lib so long as you stay within the uh, the boundary of the more lean vegetables well, and starch, start you know uh, less starchy, more more water-rich, fiber-rich. Well, like right? Dr. Gregor was talking about, you know, a calorie isn't a calorie isn't a calorie. That's wrong. You know, those some of those calories, because of the way they're lacking the water, lacking the fiber, lacking the phytonutrients, they spike your blood sugar, even if you're not eating very many of them. And that spike of the blood sugar causes a release of insulin. You're now get, you're now putting those calories right into your fat stores. Well, which, which causes a spike in insulin? I, I, I want to qualify that because is it the overconsumption of food itself, even if it's plant-based? So you could theoretically eat too many that's sweet potatoes, to bananas, do, and beans. That's, that, that's like They're, true. It's hard. Right? That's hard to do. Right. Like it's possible, but you have to be almost eating solely nut butters and yams and avocados, and you have to be really on that end of things at all times to do that. Hey guys, I got to tell you, the new coaching program has come out, and we're excited about the coaching program because the coaching program is at nickdelgado.com. We'd love to help to guide you, to coach you on your health journey. And now you can apply for the special coaching program. And you can also get our special book, Immune Rejuvenation. Just leave your name and email, and you're going to get one of the best books written on this whole subject. We are excited to know, Anna, and I got to tell you that, you know, the whole idea of immune rejuvenation has come. 